You're listening to the Life Reborn Podcast with your host, Jacqueline Page. Join me as I share my journey of returning to my authentic self by shedding labels and stigmas that are prominent in today's society. It is my hope that through sharing my story, you find guidance and wisdom to live a more empowered and meaningful life. Thank you for tuning in today. It is such an honor to share this space with you. Welcome back to the Life Reborn podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Page. Thank you for your patience if you've been waiting for this season finale to release. Trying to find time to record an episode with Jeremy with two littles was a little trickier than I thought it would be. (laughs) But nevertheless, we managed to get our episode and it's honestly such a beautiful conversation and it just opened my heart even more to him just sinking deep and seeing what unfolded with these questions that you offered so I just wanted to touch base on one thing that we didn't mention which I think is I wanted to give time and space for it is we have shifted and up leveled and trans formed and transmuted so much individually but also in our marriage that this past anniversary we chose to hold a little ritual ceremony for ourselves that really signified oh my goodness I have the window open and the wind is speaking to me as I'm sharing this it's it's like confirmation from divine but let me sink back in. We chose this ritual to be a rite of passage for us to truly leave behind our old selves, our old marriage, and step into the divine union that we are cultivating together through through this this journey that that we're dancing with and this commitment that we have chosen for ourselves. And I really wanted to, to share that because marriage and relationships are not this easy venture that is, that is like in the movies that we are so conditioned to believe they require work. They require intentionality. They require you choosing to, they require you, you to choose to show up and not allow the mundaneness of every day to be, be your rhythm, but rather find the intentionalities and you create your own rhythm that brings connection, that brings intimacy, that brings love and joy into your life and allow that to weave into your dynamic and your relationship. But it has been a conscious choice for us. Because when we were not consciously choosing, it was almost that we were living as roommates rather than partners and as lovers and as beloveds. And it's really been a shift once we um, intentionally chose to chose to make that shift. So I really wanted to to share that that piece. It was a beautiful little ceremony with our children that that we got to have in our home and it was 
it's so meaningful. And if you follow me on Instagram, I shared a post about that. And so feel free to check that out. But here we are. I'm going to leave it at that and allow you to surrender into this conversation with us. I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, welcome to the Life Reborn podcast. Finally made it. <laughs> Here we are. Didn't think this was ever going to happen. Kind of hoping it wasn't either. <laughs> I'll be having to make up for this. So I got you. Thank you. Truly, thank you for being here because I know that hearing your perspective and the other person in this dynamic is really going to be helpful for people. So I really appreciate you being here. Here to help. <laughs> we'll just start off by, you know, getting our feet wet. Just starting off something simple about someone asked how we met and just the evolution of our relationship. Do you want me to take it or are you going to take it? You take the lead on this one. <laughs> so we originally met in um, mutual friend groups. I was in a sorority and you were in a fraternity and we had some common friend groups so we had a uh, seen each other around through parties through social gatherings and I feel like there was a little bit of a connection between us but I feel like we were both kind of ending our relationship and so obviously the timing was not right and then at a mutual friend's wedding we were both single and had our reconnection, I guess. Yeah, both uh, both ended up going to the wedding single. And uh, turns out that um, Jacqueline lived at the same apartment as me, <laughs> which I was not aware of, but I guess apparently she was when asking for a ride home. And then we just stayed in contact and started dating. Yeah. I feel like we kind of skipped the dating phase, though, because we lived in the same apartment complex that it well, was like... And you really had no life because you were teaching and then you were in grad school, yeah. too. So it was just like any kind of down, chill time that we had in the evening we'd spend together. So, yeah, we did not do the whole dating thing, really. <laughs> just Netflix and chill. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's... How we met, it just evolved from there. Yeah. We uh, we dated for about a year before I proposed. Mm -hmm. Got married a year and a half later. Moved in right before we married. And... Here we are. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah, the evolution of us. I never told you, well, not right away, that I knew we lived in the same apartment complex. No, it seriously took you like five years. <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of like slipped it in one time randomly. I was like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, I saw you moving in. Because <laughs> you lived right across the building from where my aunt lived. Oh, yeah, your aunt lived like the same apartment yeah. complex, too. <laughs> and so I would always use her parking space. And so I totally knew that you had moved in and just let that little detail slide. <laughs> okay, moving on to uh, deeper questions. The next question is... Um, 
your observation of my transformation over time of us being together, which is night and day difference, I would say. Well, I guess transformation is so broad. Yeah. I could, I could really focus on different things. Uh, you've obviously transformed a ton personally, for, but from a relationship perspective, when we first started dating and we got married, communication was not your your strong suit. Mm -hmm. Keep things inside for a while until it came to a head. And I feel like as you've grown spiritually, you realize that you need to sit in your feelings and discuss things. And through that, I feel like that's given our relationship a chance to be successful just by communicating and letting each other know like what's bothering us or what's important to us, what we're striving for, what our goals are. Yeah. Spiritually, you've um, <laughs> you've kind of done a, a 360. Start off when we met very Catholic. Very Catholic. Um, slowly moved away from that with the belief in just an all being God, maybe, yeah. for lack of a better term. And then now recently you've made your way all the way back and focusing on divine, coming all back around to Mary Madeline, mm -hmm. Magdalene, mm -hmm. and uh, Jesus Christ and all that. So you found your way back to where you were with a way different perspective, but yeah. kind of the same place you were before. So... Well, not necessarily the same place, but I feel like I had to step away from church and like organize religion for sure to kind of sit with what is God to me and like what is the divine and what does that mean to me? And I feel like I've always believed in Jesus and God, but I feel like my definition and view of that broadened so much more than what was taught to me to whereas now I feel like church isn't as triggering I guess so to speak or activating to where there are aspects of church that I do miss and elements of like being with other people and praising and like being in that kind of scene so I feel like I'm coming back to that of like wanting to be in that kind of space again Anyways, do you want, or were you done sharing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for noticing all those observations. I feel like I have grown um, so much, but as have you, and I feel like in our relationship, I feel like both of us kind of had some unhealthy codependency habits that I feel like we've both outgrown very much and I think for me on my journey of just finding my individuality it's helped me see you and your individuality and what you bring to the table and I feel like your sense of protectiveness has matured and grown so much more to where I feel like you really sink into the divine masculine of protecting and providing for our family Whereas before it was more of like a controlling 
and like how you've outgrown that and it's become such a nurturing aspect of the foundation of our family and i think with going back to the evolution of you when it comes to me when you're going through your path of growth you craved for me to be there by your side but now you have an understanding that i have my own path from Mm -hmm. what i've heard sometimes guys go through it a little bit slower (laughs) so just understanding i it's a i'm appreciative that you see what I offer while I'm going through my own journey that I'm not going to be side by side in the same place with you at the same time. Yeah. But know that we're just mutually in a place of growth and just searching for one's best self. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of like how you said it, and I wouldn't necessarily say the word craved, but I, I think that I depended on you or I mean, I guess in a sense depended, but it's almost like I was seeking such fulfillment in these intimate dynamics of really connecting with other women intimately. And I think that I was projecting all of that and expecting you to bring this fulfillment within me when really, one, that fulfillment had to come within myself first. And then I feel like as I've done that, it's it's become like how I was saying the separateness of ourselves to be able to really see each other as individuals, people. And then I wasn't, it's almost like the enmeshment kind of became untangled as I started on my growth journey. Yeah. And I think it's important to focus on what's real and what's kind of fantasy and what your partner offers like when you listen to these podcasts with these other guys that are very mature spiritually and emotionally a lot of them are older and have been through that path and been through that journey and need to understand that everybody goes through their own path along the way yeah and just to give a little more context of people that maybe don't know the whole story of i feel like as i went along my spiritual journey and path I felt a little disconnected from from my life, from my family, from you, our marriage. And I think I was creating the scenario in my mind that the grass is greener on the other side. And only if I was with someone who could meet me where I'm at spiritually, quote unquote, because what does that even mean? And I feel like I was the one creating this valley between us because of my mindset that if I went somewhere else, I would be getting something, this validation. But, and like I was saying, I think that really it was, I was needing to find that with myself because anytime I've noticed that I feel disconnected in our dynamic, it's because I'm feeling disconnected within myself. And I realized that even if I were to like go test out the grass is green on the other side, I'm still going to be faced with the same challenges if I'm not going to heal them with where I'm at in the here and the now. And I think that it took a lot of um, ownership of me of, of realizing that I was creating a lot of that unhealthy dynamic within our marriage because of my own mindset and things. Yeah, I think it's a sense of just realizing individual insecurities and try to figure out why you feel a certain way Mm -hmm. and work through that because you're never going to be happy 
So I've heard you're never going to be happy in a relationship if you're uh, focusing on um, the, your partner to make you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And same thing goes with being a parent, too. You can't find joy through your children. Like, yeah, it could be, you have joyful situations and appreciate every single moment of it, but you shouldn't live vicariously through your child. Yeah, beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So the next question is um, how our relationship dynamic has changed as I've become more in tune with my body and honoring myself and just really listening to um, the messages of what my body wants and how we have navigated that. Well, it has been a path. I would say early on in our relationship, our um, sexual encounters were more of the stereotypical type rather than the loving, I, I don't know the word I'm looking for here. Yeah. Or I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, since then it's grown into, I don't know. I would really like for you to, to continue sharing that because I think that this would be really insightful if you feel comfortable. As a, as a male, just you... feel like there's certain things that make you feel like you're a man and just kind of breaking through that and needing to be in a relationship with one another physically being nurturing being comforting being understanding being patient you can't like intimacy is not like it can't be just a means to an end so like it mm-hmm. it needs need to it's grown to the point just to having that connection in that moment with one another, not lights off, not just it's another thing to do because we're married. It's something where we want to feel that connection and love. And I feel like that's to the point where we are now or that we're getting to is that it's just, it's a loving connection rather than just a thing to do Mm -hmm. for pleasure at the end. Yeah. (laughs) And I can attest that being a woman, (laughs) just a little side note, (laughs) we have some pretty loud neighbors next to us, if you can hear any background noise. So thank you for your patience with that. But I think growing up as a woman, we are not, or I was not taught how to like honor my body and listen to the messages of my body. And I feel like I kind of grew up objectifying my body and not understanding that I can say no and my body is not a means to be a, like, just an object like how you said it's become more of this sacred intimate connection between you and I and I think that 
because of that, my body has blossomed in other areas of my life that I didn't even realize were possible or like tapping into the connection of my body and the wisdom of my body. And I think that also has to do with having this safe nurturing space that you have provided for me to be able to have complete autonomy over my body's responses and my body's needs and wants. Yeah, and having children along the way definitely <laughs> makes that way more challenging because uh, now recovered, you know, with recovered within three months and for sure, good to go. Like yeah. it's, it takes time, it takes dedication, it takes tender love and appreciation and everything that that your body went through. It's just it's not gonna be the same that it was before and. And it's taken time for me to realize understanding is just patience that when the time's right, like, it'll be right for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that a lot of times women kind of have this pressure of like, oh, it's, I've had my baby. It's been three months. Like, I'm supposed to be ready for this now. At my six-week checkup, I got the all clearance. You know, it's just like. There really isn't a lot of talk around, emo am I emotionally ready? Am, am I physically ready? Am I mentally ready? It's this all-encompassing space of where my body needs to be this full yes to be able to have any kind of experience in that way. And I, I want to make sure to make it clear, like, we haven't all figured out. We're working through our own things, too. Yeah. I feel like it's always going to be this evolution of of peeling back the layers of the deconditioning to to find what it is for us and not what we've been taught marriage is and and it's really a process of you take three steps forward and five steps back like it takes yeah. it's uh it's just a growth process to feel comfortable things could be great you could be connecting emotionally physically for a couple months and then whatever happens might take a a couple steps back if it's how you're feeling I'm feeling external to the marriage emotionally or whatever that can be causing it yeah it's an ever evolving process that needs to be worked on and grown and I think that's a key point is like worked on like there has to be active effort towards it because I know that if I'm not feeling connected to you emotionally it's like my body's not going to open up physically and that's been an awareness for me in general but I also feel like how you were saying it's like three steps forward or like five steps forward three steps back or vice versa I think for me also it's because I'm given such this nurturing space by you that it's it's layers that my body feels safe to release that are new to me that maybe like my subconscious was not allowing me to see and it's because of the space that you provided for me that new things arise and then it's like this new thing to heal and work through and 
have awareness about and then it's like reworking the dynamic between you and I after this new awareness if that makes sense yeah I feel like there's not there's not an end at this it's just (laughs) evolving working through and just being committed to one another and it's just the commitment commitment is required for any relationship that you have to be willing to do the work and that's been tough for me as I've been growing too because I'm very much the type that can get complacent and be happy where I'm at and Mm -hmm. definitely need to this has really made me push myself to constantly grow yeah and I think that also has to do with the dynamic of like the feminine versus the masculine in my opinion I feel like the feminine is this like ever-evolving like growing process and the masculine I feel like your job is the protector provider and like you do your job in that and so it's like okay I feel good right here but I'm like no I need more yeah yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty cut and dry um so okay so the next question is um And I feel like we've kind of talked about this a little bit. I guess we haven't gone to specifically like advice, but um, someone was asking about advice on how to nurture our relationship through so many individual partnership and family changes, especially when there's big shifts that leave you feeling like you're a totally different person. So what do you think are strategies that we have, I don't know, become accustomed to or like, started implementing that you feel like have been helpful in these ever-evolving transitions? Well, I think the key with this is just not trying to control your partner and just let them do what they feel like they need to do to, or what they're feeling at that moment. The second you try to control it, you're just going to get frustrated. and And I can definitely attest to this because I feel like I was in such a spiral of like on my healing path and I just kept wanting to dive in more and more and more and like peel back these layers to keep finding myself and sometimes when I felt like you weren't on this rapid pace of growth that I was on that it made me feel disconnected from you but again I think that was also my per perspective shift that I had to have awareness about because I honestly I feel like trying to control is the wounded feminine because we're not feeling the safety to to trust and surrender and it's this dance of 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 truly letting go and trusting that you're gonna you know be on this path even if our paths look different well, and I think there's an understanding, too, is like, yeah, you're going to go on your spiritual journey. And something that I want to make clear with this is that my spiritual journey might end me up. I might end up somewhere completely different than where you are. But if it's what's best for that individual person, that we have the, the love and respect to um, support one another through that. Yeah. Because for the longest time, I was very much the type that would be happy watching football and just having a few beers and that's what made me happy but but were you truly happy like did you feel fulfilled after those things 
At the time, it felt so. Felt okay. like it. And what about now? Definitely in the process of figuring out what's my next step with hobbies or passions or how I how I see myself or how I want to grow from here. And I feel like this is kind of along with advice, but what you said about the football and the drinking, I also want to make it clear that I've had to set boundaries around around that. And one of the things that I've noticed as I've grown and evolved, I had to become aware of the things that didn't feel good in my energy anymore. And because we're a partnership and because we share a home, when I didn't feel like that comfortable in the energy of the home that's when I had to speak up first get clear on myself of what the boundaries were that I was needing to to feel good and safe and then to communicate that with you and it's been a journey and evolution I feel of me creating boundaries that have maybe not been there in the past because I was complacent in where I was but now that I have shifted and up leveled I feel like in every transition that I've healed, I've realized that some things don't feel good in our dynamic that may have I've just been okay with before. And so, because football's on Thursday night, Saturday night college, Sunday night, Monday night, that's the majority of the week. And then if you're drinking on top of all of that, I realized that I had to set boundaries. Like we have kids like we're a parent it's it's a team effort and I realized that as I've set boundaries I feel like it's um brought a healthier dynamic into what is the expectation of family duties on the weekends and vice versa yeah I feel like your setting boundaries has really been a catalyst for me to really take a look at myself and like, is it good to watch TV all day instead of getting outside or going to the gym or spending time one-on-one -on -one time with the kids? Yeah. So putting those boundaries has really been a catalyst for me with personal growth. And I feel like a lot of my growth journey has been, you've been the catalyst to just kind of get me, get me right, get me just on a path of moving forward. Thanks for acknowledging that. You're welcome. <laughs> because it wasn't always easy setting the boundaries, especially when at first I wasn't met with receptivity from you about the boundary setting because it was like big shifts at the beginning of, lifestyle changes for us I believe and it felt it felt scary and it felt uncomfortable but I feel like that has been the biggest catalyst of of the growth between us yeah at the end of the day having children with that is just probably the biggest catalyst of all just modeling healthy behavior um yeah 
yeah. that in a certain environment, like, do you want your TV kid, child glued to the TV all day? Yeah. Probably not. I agree. And I think another tip I would, I think that has been helpful for us is, I feel like we've kind of slipped on the daily, but having these consistent check-ins with one another, I think that that has been helpful for me particularly because I try not to let so much stuff bother me. And if it hasn't, if it's not still bothering me by the end of the night where we have our nightly check-ins, I kind of try to let it go. And I think that our nightly check-ins give me a time and space to communicate what's bothering me so that I'm not just continuously like (laughs) nagging, I guess, all day, or if that makes sense. And then if it's not a big deal, it blows over. And um, I don't know, I really appreciate the connection each night to to have together. And just to clarify, our nightly check-ins, we try to have some kind of physical connection. So we will synchronize our breaths and have our hands on our heart or we'll eye gaze. And then we share an appreciation for one another that day. And then we check in with each other how we're each doing. And sometimes if we like continue, we'll check in how we're doing as a couple, check in how we're doing as parents. And it just, I don't know, it gives me, it's like my mind knows and my body knows that for the most part every night we're going to have this kind of reconnect that gives me the safe space to communicate what I need. Whereas before I, I didn't feel like I had this space to effectively communicate my needs. Yeah, it's good just to have a time and a place to know that you communicate as as I learned I've learned along the way is that there's a there's a time and a place to bring certain things up and uh trying to get a point across that the timing and the way you go about it goes a long way with how receptive your partner is with yeah what you're trying to say well I mean exactly because in the moment where we're being reactive, no one's going to respond to that very well. But as we put intentional thought into it and what we're wanting to get across and what we're wanting to receive from the like conversation, it's so much more intentional when we've processed it internally before we bring it up to our partner rather than in the moment being reactive to something that yeah, is bothering and us. And it doesn't even necessarily need to be uh, like, well, we check in with one another just mm-hmm. to see where we're at individually. Yeah. Like what's bothering us right now. Like yeah. nothing to do with our relationship together, but what we're going through in life that might be harder for us or what we're excited about. And yeah. What changes we possibly see down the road. And it's just nice to have a, have a time just to, just to talk and, yeah, and just be on the same page. Yeah. Even like with having kids and events and things on the calendar, that's also like a check-in for us too to make sure that we're all on the same page with everything. Also, I want to say another thing that I really enjoy that we do is intentional goodbyes and hellos in the morning. I feel like 
life happens and we can get so swept away with like what we're doing to not have this intentional goodbye. And I love that sometimes we'll even set intentions for the day of like how we want to treat each other. And I love that we're modeling that for like our kids of having this intentional connection before you leave. And then when you come home, it's just another intentional connection. Yeah, I think it's more intentions for how we act with the whole family. If yeah. It's, yeah. I know that today at work's going to be rough, so I want to come home and just make sure I have a kind tone and or have fantasy football going on, and that's <laughs> in my head. So when we're at the dinner table or I'm with the children giving them a bath, that I'm focused on that moment and not letting my mind drift elsewhere yeah be multi multitude of things yeah all right moving on down the line um one of the questions is our um evolution and journey of healing from the trauma of w's birth and how we prepared for our second baby like what we did together and individually well so W's birth was not as planned. Didn't go as planned. Didn't go as planned. End result, extremely happy. Had a had a healthy had a healthy baby boy at the end of it, but but I also feel like that's a little bit of. I feel like sometimes those comments aren't as helpful when like for me. So from my experience, we had planned a home birth and it just was not progressing the way we had hoped. And we made the decision to transfer to the hospital at the hospital. They were hoping that maybe an epidural would help calm my body and like allow me to relax open. And then obviously it transitioned into having a cesarean. And that was so far from what I had envisioned that I had a lot of birth trauma and also like having um, challenges with breastfeeding that I was in such a, I don't know, dark state that those kinds of comments I feel like didn't validate my experience and the trauma that I endured of of that birth. So how do you feel like you coped to prepare for like going through birth again? I think just talking it out from my mm -hmm. side. Yeah. You're in active labor for what felt like a day and a half. Yeah. A whole 24 hours before it eventually was decided that we're going to the hospital and all the pain you're going through and the worry with me that if everything's okay because the the midwife had the um what's the word for that just was monitoring w's heartbeat and it would just be going fast like baby heart rate heart baby's heart rate does and all of a sudden go do 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 and you stop pushing and then it goes back up and it's scary moments and home birth is not something that I ever wanted, but 
wasn't my body, wasn't me going through it. So decide that obviously where I wanted you to be in the place where you felt the safest. But at the end of that, I did not want to have another home birth again. Yeah. And for better or worse, I just kind of said, been there, done that. Um, possible additional complications could be, have additional complications second time around is obviously what's programmed in my head when it comes to uh, VBAC. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I ever completely worked through that. <laughs> As you're talking, it doesn't really <laughs> sound like it. <laughs> no, I know. Um, I felt like I I gave on that one. That's something that I didn't want at all. And So basically you're saying your work through is having it at the hospital for yeah. number two? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> way smoother <laughs> like to the point where i was like oh i need to i'm gonna go get a drink real quick and then I come back it's like is that her head <laughs> like so. and i was wondering why like you weren't there when i first started crowning <laughs> just stepped away for like not even like five minutes <laughs> so um well i can say for me personally, I have obviously had to do a lot of healing because in the transfer to the hospital, I was not met with um, kindness and compassion. I was met with judgment of the nurses and they were treating me very harshly and ugly for lack of a better words. And I, I had to do a lot of healing personally to be able to feel safe, to um, give birth in a hospital setting. And for me, I, I did my individual healing through counseling. Um, and we did a hypnobirthing class together. And I feel like that also kind of made me face some stuff. Um, we did do couples counseling. We did do couples counseling. Just to yeah. work through our individual differences yes. with another home or home birth versus. Yes. Um, I hired a doula who also gave me emotional support along the way, and I feel like that was really helpful. Which, as well. by the way, doulas hundred <laughs> with a W. I didn't even know what a doula was before, and now I feel like it's a it's a birthing necessity. I thank you for making that disclaimer because a lot of men don't. A lot of people in general didn't even know a doula was a thing. And yeah, couldn't imagine what both births would be like without them. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, and once you hire your doula, at least in my experience, I mean, in both, both journeys, they gave emotional support prenatally and postnatally. And, um, that I think that, oh, and also with, with Rachel, I did a birth processing story of W's birth before, um, giving birth the second time. And I think for me also, uh, researching the interventions and really sitting with myself and um, seeing what felt good to me in terms of interventions in creating my birth plan and 
I don't know if it's just like this sense of confidence that you have, like, okay, I've done this. I'm a mother. I have this sense of reassurance in myself that I felt more confidently in what I wanted in my birth or lack of interventions, I would say, so to speak. Um, so I think all of those things helped me individually. And I feel like I, for a little bit, would play victim of like, why am I having to be the one doing the inner work and go through my process, my trauma and give it birth at a hospital versus why aren't you doing your trauma work so I could give birth in my house. But I also kept hearing the message that it, it's not about where I was giving birth. It was about the, the journey of overcoming that mindset for myself. And in conjunction, I also heard that, that Elle's birth was going to be a catalyst for other people. And I have seen that. And I think that if it didn't go the way that it did, then I wouldn't have had this magical birth experience to share with others. And if you're new here, I have a whole episode on my birth story. So you can go listen to that. Yeah, who would have knew a hospital birth would be more hands off than a home birth? Right. I mean, I mean, basically unassisted birth in a shower and I got to catch her in a hospital. <laughs> so With if you're interested, nobody in the room until until she was coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, should I go get the doctor? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> Because obviously, like, that was kind of my first experience with it since W was a, was a C-section. It was just yeah. kind of like yeah. surgery prep. Yeah. Sit beside you. Yeah. Here's W. <laughs> <laughs> Which is serious. It's it's serious surgery. So it's yeah. kind of, it's crazy how, how fast and how it's, it's pushed on to people. Mm-hmm. How it's scheduled. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, another question about, are there any talks about baby number three? So according to, to you, we have a spirit baby out there. Um, you had a dream. You had a dream too. Yeah, I had a dream. Um, but I feel like that's how we connected with Elle before she came through dreams. I don't know. I always thought, I always thought two and done. I know. My parents had two. Your parents had four. <laughs> three, three is the common ground. No, I don't know. like, um, not ready for, not planning for baby number three at this moment. Um, we're very blessed that we have healthy babies and happy, and but their thing is not sleeping. Like, yeah, they do not. <laughs> sleep like to sleep like i'm talking even like, all in our own room <laughs> like yeah it, it took w like a year and a half before it, like sleep through the night and before that it was like wake up three or four times a night yeah. so l's about to be one so maybe another six months to go of that before sleeping through the night so sleep's big for me it is like for me to be at my best most patient self i need a lot of sleep. <laughs> Which, unfortunate, Jacqueline's more of the graceful type running on lower sleep. But, yeah, at this moment, need some time to just take in 
yeah. our family that we have. Yeah. Like we really took time to take an W. It's almost like nearly four years apart. Yeah. Well, and I think also that had to do with, I mean, I swore off that I was done, that I wasn't going to even have another one. And I felt L spirit for probably a year. I would hear mama in the middle of the night and W would be like dead asleep. And I don't know. It took me a lot of healing to my body to even accept another baby within my body. And I think that was also my healing journey before even conceiving. I had to make sure that I was doing my work um, to prepare myself emotionally, physically, mentally for another another baby in my body. Yeah, and it's, it's a scary process through, um, we've had multiple miscarriages along the way. And yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, emotionally draining. It's um, monetarily taxing. It's, <laughs> so it's at the moment, like if we get blessed with another baby, like sure, let's do it. But yeah, not uh, not planning on it at the moment. I'm not sure if I would have another baby anytime in the near future. Yeah, I think that if it comes, I'd be all for it. But I think that's fair to to just appreciate the family we have right now and just sink into all of that. I know, especially with Elle, I'm just like her just becoming this personality. (laughs) It's uh have so much more that's just taken with individual individuals that we have just don't want to feel like it's the next thing to do because yeah for sure feel like it's been programmed it's like okay get married have a kid have another kid yeah i think that our choice to have l was a from a very conscious um decision i mean so much so that it was like, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ovulating. <laughs> she was conceived. Yeah, I was, was fortunate. Was... Yeah. But I, I think that both of us had done so much work that it was almost like we had gone on waves. Like, I would feel a little bit ready, but you weren't. And then you would feel ready, and I'm like, yeah. no, no way. Yeah, and we was, just, we was never about a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we, two years. Like. We were never synced. And then there was just, like, this moment where we both were felt ready to receive a baby. And it was in such a conscious, loving, intentional way that felt, I don't know, so beautiful. So, yeah, right now... I mean, right now, obviously, I would not be physically, emotionally, spiritually ready to bring another baby into my body. But I did think that I was done it too. And now, like, I do definitely have that <laughs> maybe in the back of my head. So. I was going to get a vasectomy. And <laughs> I haven't. So. Yeah. So there we are. That's the answer for that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Almost done. Um, one of the questions was about our parenting styles. Are they similar? Are they different? How do we find common grounds? I think with, when it comes to parenting, it's uh, 
important to follow your intuition as a parent and what you think is the best for your child. But it's, for me, it's really been letting you take the lead to see what you feel is best and kind of try to model that behavior. I feel like I was brought up with and believed in many outdated disciplinary approaches. Can you just give a few examples just so people know what you mean by what, what you think is outdated? Well, I think uh, what's been hard for me is that like when parents say do what I say not as I do like it's important for like what is you just say something to a child and Mm -hmm. not show that with your own behavior like what does that really teach them like it's easy to tell somebody what to do but to actually do it yourself it's yeah it's a very different thing so I think that's huge too and that's really made me want to work on myself to model proper behavior for my children. If it's uh, interaction, if it's watching TV all day, if it's having a couple beers or you and I interacting, Mm -hmm. like I think it's important to, to model proper behavior and try to show what healthy behavior looks like. Yeah. And I feel like you, have always been a little bit more in tune with your intuition than I have. And for me, it hasn't been this intuitive journey for to parenting. And I think that, I don't know, it, it's almost been as I've healed myself, I've realized how I want to parent in a way that honors autonomy over them as people. Whereas I don't feel like that's what was given to me. But I also know that each generation like heals and does things a little bit differently than how they were raised. And um, for me, it's been really important of honoring one them as individuals and even talking to them in utero and and treating them as people, even when they were in my belly and even as babies, like talking them through things not objectifying them, you know, L, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to get you dressed. I'm going to change your diaper and just talking them through things as they're already people. And I feel like that has helped heal almost like my body trauma and teaching them about body boundaries and autonomy over themselves and that their voice is important. And, um, for me, that wasn't always intuitive to be quite honest, it was, and I don't want to say it wasn't intuitive because sometimes my initial reaction is not to have patience, but it's, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes like my initial reaction is to want to like hit and I had to, okay, like why am I being triggered? Why am I being activated? What is it within me? I'm the adult. I should have the capacity to bring my level down to help them bring their emotions down. And so I think for me, it's just been honestly 
parenting in a way that that treats them and sees them as individual people yeah and that's something that you help me with is just acknowledging that like l or w when they were babies like giving them a heads up of what you're doing instead of just doing that i have uh want to always just move on to the next thing get stuff done communication in the process is, is <laughs> never a part of it so that was that was something that's been helpful along the way for me just to realize like yes they are their own person they're a living breathing person human being like they deserve an explanation of what's going on like yeah and just like when say w gets upset i i almost find some comedy in it because i'm like oh, that's me that's <laughs> like, that's exactly what i did when i was little so like that kind of just helps me not get overly defensive or yeah upset and it's it's tough for me like i said i need my sleep and w is very sensitive and wakes up scared in the middle of the night all the time even though he's sleeping a foot from his mother and <laughs> just having the patience i just want to resort back to just threatening him like oh would you like it to better sleep in your room and it's something i go to and then I instantly regret it but it's just a parenting's an evolving process <laughs> realizing what you're how you should handle things differently and it, it really stuck with me that somebody's like the best thing you do as a parent is not to not to not to damage your kid just based off of your interactions with them and accepting them as who they are and it's that's that's been tough for me too that I just want them to have a happy, healthy, stress-free life. And W is liking to wear dresses and nail polish. And by no means do I have anything against that. But I feel like that he's possibly going to come up with just have a harder life based off of his him just expressing himself as him and it's really made me do some soul searching and realize that's insecurities in myself that i'm projecting onto him hmm. that that might not be there for him and yeah. i don't want to stun his growth as an individual by telling him what he can and cannot do that's 100 percent safe for him to do and yeah but I think even just having that awareness is like huge leaps and bounds because some people just choose not to, to dig deep about what it is in them that's being activated or triggered. And I think what you were saying of instantly regretting to say something, I think that also, I think what we have done well in modeling is apologizing and showing that we're also human and we can make mistakes, but we can also make amends and apologize for when we've lost our temper or said something that we didn't mean, you know, and I noticed that OW will say something or I'll be kind of, I don't know, raising my voice or just like 
I don't know, in a hurry or something adulty. And he'll be like, don't talk to me that way. I don't deserve to be talked to that way. <laughs> and just like makes me pause in my steps. I'm like, okay, you're right. Well, I'm glad I modeled this for you that <laughs> you don't deserve that because you don't. And I think it's beautiful to see their growth in the way that, that we are parenting them. So I appreciate you allowing me to take the reins a little bit more in that, in that area. Yeah, I definitely feel like I do have some natural instincts when it comes to parenting, but I'm also a individual about like worrying about what ifs and worst case scenarios. And you've definitely helped me kind of let go of the reins with that a little bit. And it's interesting that I'm total the non-helicopter parent, and you are. <laughs> yeah, I 100% am the helicopter parent. It's so interesting. Like, growing up, I never saw myself as being this laid back. But I, it's honestly, it's like this trust that I have within them that I'm there. I'm there. But if they're doing something a little dangerous in a very safe way, I trust. I trust that. And yeah, it's, um, it's just almost like letting go and surrendering to, to their path and trusting, trusting their lead. And honestly, if they're doing something a little dangerous in a very safe way and I go and interrupt, it could honestly like bring more damage than like good because they could lose their balance and I don't know, slip when they're already doing something in a very cautious way. But yeah, and W is already naturally very cautious. <laughs> very, very reserved in that way. So I try not to stunt any risk-taking ventures that he that he partakes in. But okay, we're already rounding up into an hour, so I'll wrap this up. Is there um, any last takeaway that you want to share and anything that we've talked about? No, I think we've... We've covered quite a bit. We have. Um, I really appreciate you being here because I know that your evenings are sacred to you and your wind down time to to decompress from your day. So thank you for taking time to be here. I know you're not big on social media, but do you want to share where people can find you? or? Um, or leave that be. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that be. <laughs> Um, I have a Twitter, mostly follow football, crypto, <laughs> um, not, oh. I'm more of a read and not post kind of guy. Yeah. So doing this has really made me kind of step outside my comfort zone a little bit, but. But you've been so eloquent in your answers, to be quite honest. It's, um, sometimes I hear you respond and then I'm like sharing. I'm like, where am I going with this? Like Jeremy's response was so eloquent and yeah. Well, so. I appreciate that. Didn't quite feel that way. Always, but. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. And this is the season finale. You were, you were the season finale. Save the best for last. <laughs> <laughs>